there. This is Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. Oh, God. Um, so this week, watching a fucking movie. <laughs> uh, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. But hey, you like it when we watch bad movies because we talk shit about them. It's fun. It's a good time. It's also, you know, wintry time. Seasonal. You yeah, know. yeah. Merry fucking Christmas. So <laughs> some of you looked at the title of this episode and was like, yay. Oh, but this is going to be fun. I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. Oh, Michael Keaton's a fucking snowman. And he reunites with his son and he learns the true meaning of life. Wrong. Wrong. You're wrong. How dare you? I wish we were watching that. I wish we were watching that. Halfway through this movie, I was like, can we just watch the Keaton one, please? It's so bad, but I'd much rather watch that. No, we are watching the movie Jack Frost from the good old year of 1997, as opposed to the uh, family picture. Like, I feel like it was Disney or fucking Warner Brothers or some something much more family-friendly than this piece of shit direct-to-video garbage that came out the year before the Keaton one. Yeah, how many times do you have a movie with similar concepts but very different genres that have the same title? Yes. Scott, of all the Christmas movies in all the world, why did we have to walk into this one? Jack Frost is not a good movie. No. It is... One of those movies that suffers from a lot of bad horror tropes where we have a low budget, basically no actors that are any good. We have a killer who tries to think he's Chucky or Freddy and he's not. But there's something weird about this movie that I don't understand. It's kind of one of those movies that like everybody in the horror community knows about. Yeah, it's got this sort of underground reputation for being so bad it's good. Uh, You know we love a so bad it's good movie on Shoot the Flick. But do you think that there is a universe or a budget or a cast or a anything that could make this movie actually good? I don't think there is because... Let's face it, the idea of a killer snowman is ridiculous. Because mm-hmm. when you do these like killer movies, like Killer Snowman, Killer Sofa, Killer Tomatoes, Killer Donuts... Okay, um, you, I, I know we talked about Killer Tomatoes on our show very recently for Halloween, but you can't just say all those other ones like they're actually things that people know. Like Those are movies that exist, I know, because Scott likes movies that are about killer inanimate objects so i know that attack of the killer donuts is a thing that exists uh attack of the killer sofa is a thing that exists but normal people see people that aren't you don't know that and just heard the sentence you were attempting to say there and was like what the fuck is he talking about what do you mean killer donuts scott yeah there's a weird subgenre. i actually talked about this a while ago with our good friend brucker Yes, from the podcast Autopsy of a Horror Movie. He's very, very great and talented and does a lot of cool shit on there. But not too long ago, I want to say like last year, Scott did a review with him on his show for the movie Slacks with three X's. Yep. And it's about killer pants. 
Like, instead of Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, it's Sisterhood of the Killing Pants. Yeah, which surprisingly is better than it has any right to be. I don't, I, I'm not even going to touch that with a 10-foot <laughs> pole. But yeah, I'm not kidding when I say Scott has like a, an affinity for killer object movies. I don't know why. Like, he wants me to watch the movie Rubber. He's been wanting me to watch it for a hundred years. It's not about a killer condom. It's about a killer... (laughs) (laughs) It's about a killer attire. Sorry, you just killed me. And now someone's going to hear that and, like, feel like, hmm, a killer condom. That sounds like an interesting... Shut up! (laughs) It's not. I feel like that sends a bad message about safe sex, though. Oh, Christ. Okay. What what is the message that Jack Frost is sending, dear? Oh, there's no message here. <laughs> Don't play in a tub of antifreeze. Yes, that that is actually a good message. That's actually an excellent message that this movie does not align with. Don't cook with antifreeze too. Uh, sure, yeah. Oh my God. Okay, we're gonna fucking get there, guys. Don't worry, because last week we did Frozen, and that was so fun and chipper and musical. And, uh, you know, we're going to do a couple other holiday-ish movies before the end of this year that are going to be more in line with, like, you know, actual cinematic joy. This is just going to be a shit show. Hey, we like a good shit show, don't we, Scott? Oh, we do. So, yeah, like I said, this movie was released in 1997, a year before the Michael Keaton family-friendly version of Jack Frost, which... Again, like, I actually want to watch that now just to, like, cleanse my palate of this fucking atrocity. But it was a direct-to-video film written and directed by a guy named Michael Cooney. He also is the narrator for the opening credit sequence that we get in this movie. He is. Which is abysmal. It's so bad. You're in a like a house and you're panning to different ornaments on a Christmas tree and it's going through every ornament has a a credit yeah like that was a cute thing but then it's completely overtaken by the terrible sounding narration of a grandpa who i would assume or an uncle or something of course it's a creepy uncle uh (laughs) narrated by michael cooney uh telling a story to his niece which is it's clearly not a little girl speaking no it's clearly a grown man doing a little girl voice which sounds like oh that sounds so cute and funny it's not funny it's it's creepy and it's like a fucking needle in your brain like it's just it's so annoying uncle henry tell me a story no it's late go to bed santa will be here soon no i want a story please all right all right you want a happy story or do you want a scary story i want a happy scary story happy scary story so that was a great start to the movie uh just so we're very clear on what we're getting here the tagline for this film is he's chillin dot 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 and killin so that's what we're looking forward to here guys well the sad part is this is so clearly taking after the bad freddy movies and some of the bad chucky movies and maybe even some of Leprechaun, because this guy clearly wants to be those fruity. You know, it's like a funny, tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. Well, yeah. Which I think is, like Scott's saying, I think that's what they were going for. The problem is they make choices in the movie that are so stupid that it, it breaks the suspension of disbelief barrier. And, like, the acting is just abysmal. Outside of, like, really the main guy who's the sheriff... 
I think he does an okay job with what he's given. But other than that, everybody sucks. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, I I think if you had a, a director who could work with the humor of this, mm-hmm. it could be at least serviceably better. Like, there's no there's no world where a killer snowman movie is great or maybe even good, mm-hmm. but serviceable. Okay. Well, it's interesting that you say that, Scott, because you know me, the one woman research team at Shoot the Flick was doing some research and I don't know if this is true I'm just gonna I know I say that often on this show because I'm really just going off basic internet research and the internet I mean I know we all trust it ever so much but you know sometimes believe it or not the internet lies to you what yeah and I have said that before but this one this fact that I'm about to tell you fact being very loose word that I'm saying I I if I had to bet on it, I would probably say it's not true, but I just want to share it because it sounds so cool. Okay, so apparently, allegedly, this film was initially going to be an action thriller with like a CGI Jack Frost, $30 million budget, directed by none other than Rennie Harlan. But way back when, when we did our review on Long Kiss Goodnight, which was directed by Rennie Harlan, Gina Davis was our our main female star, action queen, and they were together at that time. And apparently Gina Davis read the script for this movie and was disgusted by it and said it was a piece of shit, um, but ironically went on to do Cutthroat Island instead, which I've never seen it, but I've heard that's also a big old piece of shit. But the point is, it just makes Gina Davis look like a badass superhero for being like, I'm not going to be in this piece of shit. <laughs> fuck that but um yeah so then obviously the budget went down like a bajillion dollars and it got tossed to the writer of the movie to just do whatever he wanted with it and uh this is what we got (laughs) yay i'm trying to wrap my head around that like again i if i had to bet money on it i'd say that's probably not true but the idea of a rennie harlan directed jack frost like killer snowman movie starring gina davis just tickles my funny bone well the funniest <laughs> thing is the rennie harlan thing isn't so far-fetched to me the man did deep blue sea for god's sake right well that's why when you were saying that i was like about like oh if we put this in the right director's hands maybe it could be serviceable i was like well maybe it could have ended up in rennie harlan's hands you never know but like i can see him getting it and being like hey gina would you want to do this and gina looks at it and goes no <laughs> but yes for some reason this film has developed a sort of cult following it not only had a sequel, but there were talks of it getting another sequel that they were going to call <clears throat> Jackzilla, but it was scrapped. They said that possibly it was scrapped because, unfortunately, the main star of the film, who plays the sheriff, yeah, his name is Christopher Allport, and he was really the only like decent actor in this movie. He passed away uh, in 2008 due to... Uh, God, don't tell me it's like complications to antifreeze oh no 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 it's much weirder he died in an avalanche jack finally got him so, yep. no, sorry i can't That's jack Frost, that really is terrible but he was actually like the only decent actor in here the fact that he he came back for the sequel though i feel like that says something about him he's like you know what fuck it this is something i did that became popular it's a piece of shit but hey i'll come back <laughs> well i feel like some of these actors who get into some of these like bad horror movies 
They ride that wave for they sure. They ride that wave and then, you know what? I feel like he knows what movie he's in. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like he knows he's in this kind of like I think everybody does. To be fair, like no one's giving 100%. I feel like Christopher Allport is giving like an 80%. 85 maybe if we're pushing it but everybody else is like you know fucking fuck it we're on vacation in big bear right now we're chilling filming a movie that's we filmed in probably like three weeks probably they clearly didn't go to big bear during the winter though because oh, no. it's all fake snow which and it's so clearly fake it, it looks like fucking shredded paper sometimes when you watch it it's really terrible Apparently, it was like foam and cotton swabs. That was the snow substitute. Well, I'm sure it's probably, A, it's more expensive to film during the winter there. Because I guess, you, because Big Bear, yeah. Well, not only that, but you can't film during an actual like snowstorm and stuff like that, because that sure, would make it more difficult. Sure, Um, Scotty, are you ready to get into this shit show? Let's get into this shit show. I'm so scared. Okay. Hooray. Hurrah. Um, so yes, we start with the tale of Jack Frost and this uncle, as we've determined, talking to his niece. Ew, it's so annoying. Because she asked for a scary, happy story. Because that's what, that's how kids talk. (laughs) That's how kids talk. Um, though I do want to point out one of my favorite points of these opening credits is there's a snowman handler. Oh yeah, there's a snowman handler in the credits. That was funny. Basically, he tells us Jack has killed 38 people in 11 states. He's a crazy serial killer, and he is currently being transported somewhere for his execution. And immediately, I just start picking the movie apart. For example, like the there's these guys driving the truck that's transporting Jack Frost to his execution, and it's a, a dark and stormy night. There's a snowstorm going on, and the guys are inside the truck, and one guy has like a rag in his hand and is wiping the inside of the window. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Why are there two people looking through one window? Right. Yeah, and why is there one guard in the back with the fucking serial killer? And when the two guys in the front ask, hey, you okay back there, man? And nobody answers. And then the serial killer says, yeah, everything's fine. No one thinks that that's weird. Not even a little bit. No one questions it. Okay, sure. And also, why are we driving past a town called Snowminton? Can we please talk about the town? Yes, we can talk about Snowminton. So the town where the sheriff is from is called Snowmanton, because that's a town name. Snowmanton, Snowmanton, and like the whole backstory is like the sheriff Sam, who, like I said before, is played by Christopher Allport. He was the one that caught Jack Frost and like put his whole imprisonment and potential execution into motion. And just to clarify as well, Jack Frost is played by Scott McDonald, who is another character actor in television and film. Yeah, he's a familiar face. He, yeah, if you see him, he's one of those that guys for sure. I've definitely seen him on some TV shows. I remember him playing like a demon in Charmed at some point back in the day because, you know, 
I was one of those teenage girls that watched Charmed also, all the time. Also, if you watch TNT at any point from like 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Which I would, like before I had to go to school, I'd watch. Charmed was on. <laughs> yeah, or an Angel. Angel, Angel was, was on, on too. Now it seems to be replaced by Supernaturals now. Well, damn. I missed out. Well, it's okay, though. I've already seen the entire show like 50 times, probably. Exactly. It's fine. So, yes, this transport, of course, in the middle of a snowstorm, crashes into a chemical truck. Jack escapes, and as he's mocking one of the guards, the chemical truck blows up, covering him in acid, and he melts cartoonly into the snow. We get, like, a CGI version of his DNA mixing with the snow. No, it's not even CGI. It's full-on animated. Like, it's a cartoon. Like, we just fucking turned on Nickelodeon. And, like, listen, there's so many things that, like, especially horror movies, where, like, the science doesn't make sense. The math isn't mathing, right? Like, no one thinks that it can legitimately happen where, like, a doll can be turned into a living, breathing thing because of, like, voodoo curse or some shit. Like, you know, Chucky isn't a real thing that can happen. This, Jack Frost, not a thing that can happen. Now, Michael Keaton, Jack Frost, (laughs) you never know when your dead relatives can reconstitute themselves as snowmen. Yes. Keep your eye out for that. So, yes, we have the crash. It's funny because right before the crash, all three of the drivers, so the two drivers in our prison van, the driver in the uh, chemical truck, both go, oh, no, and then they cut to Jack who goes, oh, "Oh, yeah. yeah." Okay. And then we get the camera spinning. Oh, my God. That was so annoying. I'm like, who the fuck edited this? It was so badly edited. Oh, yeah. And it's not even just the spinning. It was, like, the actual crash itself. Like, it would just freeze on, like, random shit. And then the spinning. And, like, it was just too much. And not enough all at the same time. So we cut to our sheriff. Sheriff Sam of Snowminton. Every time you say that fucking town name, I want to fucking pull my hair out. It was funny because I just started randomly while we were watching the movie. I looked at Frankie and would go, Snowminton, and she's just... I just cringe. I'm like, okay. You know how I sigh sometimes? Frankie would sigh like that. Every time I said Snowminton, and it gave me a giggle. Yeah, so we meet Sam, the sheriff. And his loving family. Yeah, we meet his wife and his stupid-ass son. We're going to talk about the son. It's fucking stupid as fuck. It's so bad. The whole, like, ending of this movie requires the child to be a dumb fuck. Anyway, we meet all the people in this small little town of Snowminton. Um, There's, like, a fucking shopkeeper. There's uh, this guy who's, like, the town asshole. And then he has a wife. It gives very Archie and Edith vibes. They have a family, one who's played by Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah, they have the slutty girl who's Shannon Elizabeth, because every horror movie's got to have a slut in it, because what's the point if you have an R-rated horror movie with no slutty girl in it? And then her boyfriend's in it, Tommy, and then you have Shannon Elizabeth's brother, who's a bully. You just meet all... It's like our town, but with a snowman. It's, <laughs> you meet all these little people in this little town, and, you know, whatever. They're, it's fine. They're all fucking cannon fodder at this point, or snow fodder. Yeah, yeah definitely snow fodder. But one thing I wanted to mention as well, there are conversations had between these townspeople that are so awkward and so stilted and so obviously there simply to plant seeds for kills that are going to happen later. For example, 
there's a scene where the asshole guy is talking to his edith like wife and it's like hey can you help me do this thing i gotta put this thing on the tree or some shit he's got to do something and she goes oh since i was a little girl i always dreamed of being the angel at the top of the christmas tree and he's like okay great like that's not what i act do you want to fucking help me with this thing like it's just so pointless to the point where either this guy is like you know baby's first screenplay syndrome or he was doing it on purpose but it's so like sloppily done it's not even trying to be clever about it so i don't know well it's funny because the actor who plays the asshole husband he looks at her clearly like thinking in his head like what are you saying like Like, that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard (laughs) how do i if i was a normal person how would I even respond to that? <laughs> and he, he's like, I'll just go on to the next line. Like, it's, like just a, on. it's just enough of a pause where you're like, he's clearly going, what have I gotten myself into? But we do get a flashback of the sheriff catching Jack on a routine traffic stop. Kind of like how Al Capone got caught with his taxes. <laughs> yeah, when I think of Jack Frost, I think Al Capone. <laughs> As he's... Um, Thinking about his flashback, we get Jack, of course, yelling, I'll find a way. I'll come after you and your family. And in like those flashbacks sort of haunt the sheriff throughout most of the movie, at least before he knows for sure that the snowman that is going to eventually start killing everybody is actually Jack Frost. So he's, you know... Throughout the movie, getting flashbacks and whatnot, he's looking over, like, files from the case. And at one point, he's looking at files, and he pulls out these papers with magazine clippings of words on them. And the main thing that Jack said to Sheriff Sam was like, I'll find a way. He kept saying, I'll find a way. Apparently from prison, this fucking guy, Jack Frost... (laughs) clipped out words from a magazine put it on paper and sent them to the sheriff saying i'll find a way there's so many things wrong with that statement like it's like this guy cooney put it in the movie to try to make jack seem more intimidating but in reality a prison they check everything that's sent in and out so they wouldn't have just sent threatening messages to the sheriff from prison that's one two it's obvious where they would be coming from and who would be sending them because it's like his catchphrase basically to the sheriff so why do you have to fucking clip out magazines to send the message this one part of the movie was driving me fucking insane I'm like, why would he bother clipping out magazine clippings to send a message that's what you do when you like have a hostage and you don't want to reveal your identity and you're like bring the money here at dawn and you know or 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 else that's what you do in that situation you don't do that when you know who you are and who you're sending it to there's no reason for anonymity at that point well i think he signed the jack too that's what i'm saying even better like what was the point of that Uh, It doesn't make any sense. I do also want to bring up, because clearly our writer thought this joke was so funny, because he told us this joke three separate times in the movie. What's the difference between snowmen and snow women? (laughs) Snowballs. (laughs) 
please fuck yourself. <laughs> please fuck yourself with an ice pick. Like, I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> but Frankie, we have to worry about the first person has died. Someone has died. Oh, some old fuck. I don't know. Yes. Who cares? Yeah, he was killed. He's on the outskirts of town. Old man Smithers or some shit. And we get one of our favorite shots of three men standing in the background with the body in the foreground. Yeah. What was funny, though, the body was in a rocking chair and the chair was rocking back and forth and was rocking back and forth throughout most of the scene. And I was saying out loud to Scott, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a great scene. They probably just told the main guy, "Okay, make sure you have your foot on the rocking chair so it keeps rocking back and forth. And then as soon as I said that, Sheriff Sam turns to the cop next to him. He's like, get your foot off that chair. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, that was kind of funny. Uh, but yes, we, we cut to Sam going back home for a little bit. His wife is watching his son cook. And his son goes, Dad, I made you this special oatmeal. Oh, yeah. It's so delicious. It looks like shit. It looks like actual shit. But the dad, because, you know, oh, oh, I love you, son. Thank you so much. He puts it in a little plastic bag and tell, tells his son he's going to eat it for lunch. And he just leaves it in the police car. But it's so funny just like the implausible things that happened in this movie obviously the most glaring one is like you know the walking talking murdering snowman but like even the little things like this like this kid multiple times in the movie in the presence of his mother while she's in the house just allows this kid to destroy her kitchen like the kitchen is a nightmare. There's shit everywhere, pots overflowing. Just I, I'm I'm assuming it stinks to high heaven in that kitchen. And the mom's just like, "Oh, you lovable little scamp, you! You run along and play with your toys, and I'll clean this up." And it's like, "What? Excuse me?" And then 20 minutes later, he does it again, and he's making some like cookies or something, and it's a mess again. And the mom's just like, ha, ha, ha. "Well, no, no mother would do that. <laughs> None." So we uh, get to the townsfolk who are now worried because someone has died and they're confronting Sam and his receptionist. Yeah, they're super, like, rude about it. They're, like, screaming at him. And I'm, I'm just like, okay, this happened today. Like, can we all, like, what are you doing about this? Like, what? This just happened today. We're investigating. Like, calm the fuck down. And instead of him telling people, you know, just stay in your homes and, like, chill the fuck out, the shopkeeper's like, I'm going to keep my store open all night long and you guys can come and get ammo whenever you want. It's 25% off. And it's like, what kind of sheriff are you? You just let that happen? Like, no, why don't you tell people to stay in their fucking homes? Make a curfew or something. Later on when the feds come in, the fed is like, oh, you have to instill a curfew. And it's like, I said that fucking half an hour ago. But yeah, everyone's unseasonably mad at him about this murder that just happened today. And then his fucking secretary, fucking Adrian Barbeau, fucking John Carpenter wannabe, is like giving like, she also gives a little bit of, um, oh God, the secretary from Ghostbusters. Oh, uh... Any pots. Any pots. Ghostbusters, what do you want? It's clear that the director, writer, Mr. Cooney here, was trying to channel Annie Potts slash Adrian Barbeau here. She looks a little like Adrian Barbeau if you squint. Uh, she's just like sassy secretary. And Sam's just like, all right, everyone calm the fuck down. I'm going to figure this out. And he ends up calling the feds, actually. 
to make sure he died in the car accident. And the, this Fed answers federal agent Manners. And he's like, yep, nope, he's definitely dead. Okay, bye. And hangs up the phone. And then he turns to the scientist who was in charge of the genetic research and goes, you've created a monster. Yeah, so they go through this whole like scientific bullshit rigmarole or like, oh, the scientist came up with this special acid and that's what was being transported in the in the genetic or chemical truck or whatever the fuck. It's this thing that I don't even know what the fucking purpose of it. It's science gook. It's science goo. Okay. It's something about extending our lives past our death or something like that. Apparently when the science goo mixed with the snow, mixed with Jack Frost, and it all got muddled up, it made him into some snowman monster. Or I guess a snow monster, just in general. And he disguises himself as a snowman so he can get around. Because he can also melt himself into a puddle of water, which is how he gets around a lot of the time, too. Because, you know, he, like, yeah. slithers around with the water. I don't know. Yeah, he can melt and, and freeze and then at re- will. And reform himself. Because that's great. I'm like, so is the plan for us all to be snow people? <laughs> Like, I'm so confused by the science here, quote unquote science, but it's fine. All you need to know is chemical goo hit serial killer man and make snow serial killer. Exactly. Yay. (laughs) I I do want to bring up here because we quickly get like a caption because we watch the captions. Scary Christmas music. Yeah, they also do one later, the sexy Christmas music. I, I don't know what that is. I don't know what this shit is. I don't know where you're finding these it's things. It's so funny because they're covers of like famous Christmas songs, like instrumentals, but you could clearly tell like they're just off enough right, where we exactly. don't have to pay for them. Exactly, yeah. No, no copyright bullshit here, people. We got you good. After the mother comes home and her son has destroyed the kitchen a second time to make cookies uh she's like please just take this carrot and these buttons and go put them on the snowman that's outside that you must have made that doesn't have a face the kid's like i didn't build a snowman well somebody did go take this stuff and put a face on the snowman so the kid's like oh okay fine whatever and he takes a i've never seen this in my life (laughs) like any kid What's a snowman? What does a snowman have? And they can tell you, I'm sure. But for some reason, this child, when going out to complete this snowman and make its little face, he had to take a snowman puppet out there for a reference. Because as he's putting like the little coal things on for eyes and the carrot on and like this making the smile, he's looking at the fucking puppet like he's looking at it as a reference. And I'm like... You don't know what a fucking snowman looks like without looking at a fucking puppet? I thought the puppet was going to be used for something later, but no, it's just a puppet. So finally, the bully, Billy, shows up. Mm -hmm. Asshole and Edith's son. And he starts picking on our little boy here. Don't ask me the little boy's name. I don't fucking remember. I don't remember either. Who cares? <laughs> That's his name. Who cares? Who cares? He cuts off Jack's, the snowman's head. And he's like, what are you going to do? And then the snowman pushes the kid who f- flies back and then gets his head run over by his friend who's riding a sled. And he gets decapitated. Fun. It's funny because Frankie was like, oh. <laughs> 
yeah, there's actually like a couple moments in here with decent gore. Not like crazy, but like it, it's not bad. I, I wouldn't say it's worth watching just for the gore, though. No, not at all. No. It's not enough to like be even the kills like the kills aren't that crazy and exciting. No, the the, the best gore effect happens later and we'll get there. Yeah. It's just some of them are like, wow, okay, we 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 went decapitation off the bat. Okay, yeah, we just decapitate decapitated a teenage boy, and then the fucking coroners come and there's like a a crowd gathered around, and like I don't know, I'm not an expert, I'm not in law enforcement, you know, I'm not involved in that shit, but like they put this kid in a body bag, they have another officer just carry the head like in his hands like i don't think they put the head in a bag or anything they just picked up the head and carried it away and then they have these two men pick up the body bag and it's like sagging it's like if you grab somebody by their a living person by their arms and by their feet they like drag and the kids parents are just standing there watching i just it didn't seem right i was like don't can't don't you put these on like a gurney or something yes and put the head with the body yeah like why okay why isn't this like roped off at all like this is clearly a crime scene well, i don't know it's weird man well <laughs> then the father the asshole father goes to sam and goes your kid's the devil your kid did this he's trying to make up a story that a snowman pushed my son okay my son is two feet shorter than your son was yeah like this there's no way he could have forcibly pushed him enough that he's gonna fall on his ass it would make sense if the kid is saying that a snowman did it because he's so traumatized by watching a dude fucking get decapitated that he just made it up in his head that a snowman did it. But like, I don't know. It's weird. The whole death thing with the teenager in the beginning is very strange. The dad is like significantly affected, I guess, because he's just angry. But like the mom is like fucking, I don't know what. She goes home and she's like, would you like to light up the Christmas lights? And it's like, we, your son just died. <laughs> what is happening? The only way I could even like rationalize it. Is that she's traumatized, I guess. But they don't really play it like that. Yeah, they don't play like she's had a mental break. No, they play it like she's just really chipper and trying to make everybody chipper and like get over it. And it's like, it's weird. I don't know. It was played very strangely. But then when asshole dad and edith bunker mom are at the house they have their daughter shannon elizabeth whose character's name is jill come out and she's like you know she's a rebellious teen and she's slutty and she wants to leave the house and go hang out with her boyfriend so she's arguing with her dad because her dad's like you're not leaving this house da, da, da. and she says jesus dad i loved i loved my brother but i just i need to get out of this house and the dad grabs her by the shoulder and is like you will not take the lord's name in vain in this house and shannon elizabeth gives like the performance of her life at least in her own mind <laughs> she fucking she get, if i can find this line i'm gonna put it in here do not be forsaking the lord's name in my house little girl the lord forsook this house long ago the lord has forsook this house long ago and i'm like she really thought she ate that like holy shit what the fuck was that she thought she was getting an oscar for that shit like what what okay you go bitch you go girl you're the only one in this movie that actually had a career after this you go bitch oh god so the father decides 
fine. I'm going to go cut some wood and smoke my pipe. Corn cob pipe because I'm fucking Burl Eyes in 1950s. Like, what the fuck? And he's sitting out there smoking his pipe and suddenly he hears Jack's voice and he goes, who's there? Yeah, he thinks it's Sam like fucking with him or whatever. He finally grabs the axe out of the wood and starts waving it around as Jack's like toying with him. Jack takes the axe from him and shoves it wood first into his throat. Ow. Killing him instantly and says, I was just trying to ask you a question because, again, he thinks he's Chucky, Freddy Krueger, or Leprechaun. So funny. It's a horror comedy, but also Christmas because Snowman. So good. Uh, So Jack, of course, sneaks into the house, starts messing with Edith Bunker, as we were now calling her. (laughs) I feel bad. All the family was like one of the best shows of all time. And we're degrading it to this. I'm so sorry. We're sorry, Edith Bunker. We're so sorry. And Jack lights the tree and she's like, oh, it's so pretty. Oh, Oh, yay. Thank you, dear. Jack fucking takes the lights and like fucking ties it around her neck and fucking makes her, of course, the top of the tree. Yeah, I would say her death is the most, like, elaborate. And, like, he ties her up with, like, the garlands and stuff and, like, throws her head into a bunch of glass ornaments and then ties her up and, yeah, sticks her on the top of the tree, basically. It's got the most going on, I guess. A lot of the kills, except for this one, are pretty simple. Well, it's, again, it's really difficult, especially in these fucking types of movies, to get memorable kills because again you're talking about an object that normally doesn't move and this snowman does not move they either have jack frost move as a puddle of water which throwing a bunch of water on the floor to signify that something is coming like that's you know that's easy to do or they have this big fucking styrofoam snowman that some might say would require a snowman handler And it's just a big fucking like lawn ornament that just sits there with a creepy smile on its face. And I think maybe once or twice the mouth moves. Other than that, no, it's just a fucking styrofoam thing that sits there. The mouth doesn't move to like the very end. It moves twice towards the end of the movie. Or we get the, the hand, the snowman hand, where it's just the hand coming across the top of the screen to do something. Right. It's like an oven mitt, though. Uh. A white sparkly oven mitt. So now we have pretty much all of Shannon Elizabeth's family is dead. The mom's dead, dad's dead, brother's dead. And she's off with her little boyfriend running about doing whatever. We don't see her until like towards the end of the movie, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, she, she's disappeared for a while. Uh, but the store owner uh, who's dropping off salt comes and opens the door, sees the snowman, runs away. Freaks out, yeah. And... uh Sam goes to the police station, goes to his secretary, goes, you need to call the FBI agent because I need to figure out what the fuck is going on. Because this fucking idiot, he turns around and it's Manners who's there. He goes, I'm that fucking idiot you're talking about. Ha ha ha. Yeah, and he's there with the scientist guy as well. And they're like, we got to investigate this thing. And uh, Sheriff Sam is like, oh, so this is being taken out of my hands now. It's, you know, being handed over to the feds. And the fed is like, oh, this was never in your hands, Sheriff. This is my crime scene now. My jurisdiction. This is a fucking TV show plot. Yeah, it is for sure. 
Except, you know, Killer Snowman. Yeah, except with a Killer Snowman. So now there's a curfew. And we need to get all the townsfolk into town. To be fair, there should have been a curfew a long time ago. There's a serial murderer potentially running around killing people. But yeah, okay. You know. Now there's a curfew. Yay. Now there's a curfew. But we're getting a bunch of the townsfolk and having them stay in the church. Yeah. Um, we have to show the boiler here for f- reasons for the future. Yeah, it's like The Shining, you know. But yeah, they have everybody at the church and Sheriff Sam's talking to them. And then all of a sudden that shop owner guy shows up freaking out, talking about Killer Snowman. This also brings up the fact, Snowminton, the town of Snowminton. Oh my God, I want to fucking die every time you say that. <laughs> Go ahead. The town of Snowminton has a snowman competition. Was that an element in the movie? Well, I just wanted to bring it up here because as he's freaking out, he's destroying the snowman of the snowman competition. Going, snow is evil! Like he's fucking like chopping off these yeah. snowman heads. And, and then finally he runs into Manners who just punches him out. Yeah, so fun. So, punching an old man in the face. Punching an old man in the face. And then they decide, let's lock him up for a while. Calm him down. Yeah, he's clearly out of his mind. He's, he's, there couldn't possibly be a killer snowman running around. That's insane. Uh, Sam sends one of his deputies over to the store owner's home. He quickly gets dispatched by Jack, who steals his car and runs him over. That's the kill. It's kind of bad. <laughs> and this is where... We have this in other horror movies. This happens in Halloween. I think this is directly stolen from that. Where two young teens decide, oh, we're going to break into a house. And just, like, have a night to ourselves. Yeah. We see Jill, Shannon Elizabeth, break into the sheriff's house with Tommy, her boyfriend. And it's implied that she wants to break into the sheriff's house because she, like, blames him for her brother's death and she just wants to fuck with the sheriff. So, yeah, she breaks in with her little boyfriend and they immediately start, like, making out and taking off all their clothes. And then she says to him, I want a roaring fire and a bottle of wine. You let me know when you got all that together and then I will emerge from the fucking bedroom. But while Tommy's downstairs getting ready, a snowball hits the window. He grabs a knife. Well, he grabs an ice pick, dude. Yeah, sorry. He grabs an ice pick and he goes, who's there? And as he opens the door, he gets smacked by a snowman hand and goes, it's not frosty. Ah, oh, so funny. And he kills Tommy with two icicle spears. There's a point where he shoots the icicle spear through Tommy's head, and we see the back of it go through the wall. Yeah, and then we see blood, and then it comes out the other way, and you see, like, his brain sort of pulsing and bleeding through the hole in the door. And that's, like, the goriest it ever gets. And it made me wince a little bit. So I was like, ooh, okay. But I wish that it was more gory. I feel like if the kills were more creative and maybe more gory, I would have gotten more out of it. Because obviously it's not good. Like, as you can tell by what we've been saying so far, this movie isn't fucking good. It's a shit show. But if you had funny, wacky kills, it would at least give you something to be, like memorable yeah it's just like eh. this is where we kind of get the closest because jill sees a bath drawn for her oh my god you guys this is crazy shan elizabeth gets naked of course gets in the bath but we don't see anything 
no, we don't. It's fine. Keeping it tasteful in this Jack Frost killer movie. We get the bathtub scene, which is by far the most memorable scene in the movie. Like, for all the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons. I mean, it's terrible, but like, it's so weird. It's so wild. And wow, man. Wow. Just wow. I'm going to Owen Wilson the shit out of this moment. Wow. I mean, give Shannon Elizabeth credit. There's a reason that she is a scream queen. She's no, like, she's good at just being terrified and screaming her head off and being hot. So that's all you need in a horror movie, really. At least when you're a female. And as she's in the bath, kind of digging it, Jack comes to life uh, or back to life he reforms as a snowman in the bathtub and just starts like literally fucking her to death and this poor girl almost got her eye poked out with a goddamn carrot on the set from the nose on this fucking thing that's a real fact and yeah it just fucked her to death slammed her ass into the bathroom wall and killed her and the whole time she's screaming like a banshee and he's saying like weird random shit and just fuck like it's so bizarre looks like christmas came a little early this year <laughs> well hope it was good for you honey it's a lot man it's it's a lot that's all i could write in my notes like i wrote bathtub scene dot 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 a lot <laughs> like holy shit so we cut to the police station and jack appears basically and like starts chasing the police they decide they're going to blow up the police station with a bunch of aerosol cans and a gun they figure out jack's weak to heat at one point because they all attack him at some point with fucking hair dryers it's like okay this is so funny i'm dying of laughter please end (laughs) so they blow up the police station Jack reforms himself, makes a bad joke about becoming a Picasso. Yeah, because he's all, like, messed up. His head is where his arms should be, and his arms where his head should be, and all this shit. So they kind of regroup to try to figure out what to do, and they're like, okay, we're just gonna fucking melt the shit out of him with these hair dryers. So, like, all the townspeople plug in these hair dryers the fact that nothing shorted out and the whole fucking town didn't just completely black out is astounding but whatever it's fine that a fuse didn't blow somewhere yeah like who cares who fucking cares at this point so they (laughs) start to melt him and then like basically push him back with all these fucking hair dryers into the boiler that we referenced very briefly earlier push him into the boiler and shut the door it kind of reminded me of hocus pocus when, like, the kids, you know, lure the witches into the kiln in the high school. Because, you know, every high school has a kiln. And then they shut the door and they burn up. And the kids are all gleefully skipping around like, yay, we killed the witches. And then, like, five minutes later, they're back to life. Yeah, Jack quickly reforms. And, like, sneaks out under, like, the boiler room door with the water you know and then reforms outside the door and he fucking kills the fed with his icicle teeth that apparently exist and then he jumps into the scientist stone dies from throwing up jack outside yeah i guess he tried to like use him to sneak out like through the scientist guy and that didn't work so then he puked him out it was it was looked so shitty they do like that thing that you do when you have to do projectile vomit. You have like a hose behind the person and then the bleh, you know, yeah. 
it was so it looks so shitty they didn't even try to make it look real it never does it really never does jack reforms sam grabs his son tries to run to the police car the police car of course won't start jack is entering the police car as water yeah he starts flooding the engine (laughs) and then he when jack gets into the car sheriff sam kicks the window out pushes his son out of the car he goes through the car and as sam is going out the car window he grabs the nearest thing to him which is the little baggie he had of his son's shitty oatmeal that he made for him and threw it at the snowman and the snowman starts burning like ah ah like he's being like hit with fucking acid and then the dad goes to his son his golden boy and says son what did you put in that oatmeal because the snowman's burning right now what did you put in that oatmeal son he's like don't be mad at me daddy i didn't want you to get cold out there doing your sheriff's work so i put antifreeze in the oatmeal (laughs) and i'm like excuse me excuse me first of all this kid is so dumb (laughs) this kid is like 12 years old he's not a baby like what (laughs) not only that Let's backtrack to when he was making this oatmeal. Oh, my God. Yeah. So as he's making the oatmeal. The implications of this. The mother is standing right there watching him make this oatmeal. Well, apparently not. Apparently, she's not watching very closely. Because he he managed to go to the garage and get antifreeze and come back with the antifreeze. Pour the antifreeze into the oatmeal and no no one knew. Or the mother did know. And And she was trying to kill her husband. (gasps) Twist. (laughs) That's a real twist in the movie. Holy shit. And we had no idea. So the whole climax of the movie, the solution to this problem, because obviously the real solution is antifreeze. Antifreeze will destroy the fucking snowman. Is only brought about because this kid is a fucking moron that almost killed his father. And not to mention, he didn't even try the oatmeal. So he could have almost killed himself. Yeah, he didn't even taste it. Like, you know how when people make food, they like generally taste it, you know, as they're going. Clearly, he didn't do that either. The mom never tasted it. No one ever tasted this fucking food that he destroyed this kitchen to make. But apparently it was poisonous. So good thing, I guess. I just I can't believe that that's a plot point in this fucking movie. But Sam is happy because he's figured out a way to hurt Jack finally. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Let's like get to the fucking climax here because I'm so done. <laughs> so he grabs the shopkeeper goes, you have antifreeze, right? He goes, yeah, I just got a bunch. Fill the back of your pickup truck with it and be back here in five minutes. I'll distract the giant snowman. Which seems a little bit of a tall order because it would take the guy five minutes to drive from the fucking middle of town to his shop probably and then he has to take like 50 fucking thousand things of antifreeze and pour it in the back of the truck and be back all in five minutes that was a bit of like an unrealistic order there sir well not only that how much antifreeze do you think would he would need to pour out to fill the back of a pickup truck exactly it's 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 untenable sir but he does it Sam eventually tackles Jack out the second-story window into the antifreeze pickup truck. Right. Dead. Both of them dead. Both of them should be dead because they are bathing in antifreeze. Correct. And, like, Jack melts, obviously. Cool beans. 
But after Sheriff Sam kills the fucking snowman, he just like chills there in the antifreeze, like, oh. And he's like looking at his hands, like almost like, what have I done? <laughs> like, like, it was very strange. But then and, his son opens his mouth and goes, Dad, you missed this giant hand. Yeah, no one else saw that. There's like the, the mom's there, the kid's there, the shop guy's there, somebody else is fucking there, and no one fucking noticed. No, oh, the fucking priest. There's a priest there for some reason. And they're all there standing there, and no one sees this fucking snowman hand on the ground. Okay, whatever. So that's when the snowman hand grabs the kid's face and tries to, like, smother him. So the mom picks him up and doesn't tell the kid, close your mouth, doesn't tell the kid anything, just gives the kid to the dad, Sheriff Sam, and Sheriff Sam baptizes his son in antifreeze just dunks him clear and at no point is he like okay close your mouth son close your mouth you don't want to get poison in you nope they're just and then they they stay in there like they have a happy ending little thing at the end of the movie when jack is completely dead now all melted in the antifreeze and they all just stay in there and like have a group hug like the mom's outside the truck like hugging she gives the husband a kiss like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) Uh, bathing in the antifreeze. Like, they literally had a baptism. Yeah. Like, because he kept dunking him. That's all I kept thinking about. <laughs> like, it was so weird. Oh, And God. that's, like, the happy ending of the movie. It's uh, very strange. But then, at our movie can't end just like that with Jack just being defeated, because we have to leave it open for a sequel. And as they are putting the antifreeze with Jack in it back into bottles, closing them up, burying the bottles jack is singing oh holy night because that's dulcet tones of this fucking guy yeah just to leave it open for a sequel because you know that's what i want personally i just want to see more of this guy indeed oh my god uh and that was jack frost yay Yay. oh my god you guys (laughs) this is rough Here's the thing. Would I count it as like a so bad it's good? I guess. I mean, there are moments that I laughed for sure. But like, it was more bad time than good time. If the whole movie honestly had the caliber of cheeky humor that the bathtub scene had, I probably would have been more into it. But it's just, it seems like at points it's trying to be tongue in cheek. But for the most part, it feels like it's trying to be serious. Like it's playing it too straight and too dry to be like a parody type thing. So it just, it just comes off weird. And then the effects obviously are terrible. The snowman effects are fucking ridiculous. It's, it's, it's bad, guys. It's so bad. Again, I can't believe this movie has as big of a cult following as it does. Yeah, that's pretty wild to me, actually. This is a movie that I feel like should have been forgotten to the ages. Yeah, I mean, it's a direct-to-video little piece of shit. Like, I don't know, it just seems not really remarkable at all. But yet, it's still around. It's still hanging around. Does it have an interesting poster with the 
creepy snowman no, face? No, it looks like shit. What do you mean, Scott? <laughs> for, for a 90s horror movie, oh it's, it's not the worst oh poster. Oh, God. Okay. Your standards are, like, on the floor. They are not on the, the floor. The bar is on the floor. <laughs> it it's is, in the basement. It is not in the basement. There are some moments, if you watch this, where you're like, okay, I can kind of see where we could have gone. Yeah, tongue-in-cheek probably would have been better. Yeah. If this was like a parody of like Leprechaun. Sure, and, sure. And like Nightmare on Elm Street and like those type Chucky. of movies. Yeah. But also, the puns are terrible. Yeah, no, they're bad. Like when Freddie makes puns, they're generally funny because they work like... Him grabbing a girl and slamming her head into the television and going, Welcome to primetime, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a good... Yeah, I get it. That works. Yeah, Jack Frost doesn't really have those. It tries. It do, You know, it'll be like, Oh, well, it ain't Frosty. <laughs> that's it's, probably his best pun of yeah, the movie. that's probably the best he, one. He makes another one where he's like, Don't eat the yellow snow. Has nothing that, to there's do. There's no yellow snow. There's nothing yellow. It doesn't make any sense. It's weird. There's yeah. It's just it's a lackluster attempt at a horror comedy that maybe because it's a holiday thing, it caught on. Like this is a horror movie you can watch during the holidays, but it could have went all the way with it. If the entire movie, like I said, was like the bathtub scene, it could have been at least more memorable. Outside of that moment, I never like you know, really was like <gasps> taken aback by anything. It was just kind of like a standard kind of horror movie with something totally ridiculous in the premise and shitty writing and shitty characters and shitty acting and just everything was pretty shitty. Uh, I gave it a one out of five stars. <laughs> just just a one. Couldn't go any higher than that. <laughs> I gave it a 1.5. Again, it's it's one of those things that you might get some chuckles out of it. I think this would be a lot better inebriated. Sure. But it's not enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, this is a must-see so bad it's good. I would never watch this again, and I would never want to watch the sequel. At least with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, like, if I was drinking or if I was having, like, a nice so bad it's good movie night with friends and we were all drinking laughing having fun i'd be down to put on attack of the killer tomatoes or the sequel in like that lineup if that was part of the lineup i would be okay with it jack frost eh, eh i take a nap during that one <laughs> i take a power nap and then wake up for the second wind after it was over sounds about right so next week, we have a more traditional holiday movie that people know and love. And I'm really excited to show it to Scott for the first time. It really is a classic that everybody loves. I love and I'm really excited about it. I feel like it'll kind of give you lovey-dovey feelings like reminiscent of our relationship, Scott. <gasps> so this might be a more lovey-dovey holiday episode next week. So I'm excited about it. But until then, this has been Shoot the flick i'm frankie sparks i'm scott eisenberg oh thank god he didn't say scott frost <laughs> uh make sure you check us out on instagram and twitter at shoot the flick and check out all of our episodes on itunes spotify google podcast and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast and make sure y'all come back next week for our lovey-dovey warm and fuzzy movie adventure snowman Norman 10. <laughs>
Not snowminton. Ew.